Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of On The Benches A-League Show. We are in the Christmas period now and myself and Matthew Vidiello are here and of course I think we should start Matt by saying, first of all, how are you? And secondly, Merry Christmas my friend. Merry Christmas Joseph, are you, um, are you getting separation anxiety from being apart from me for so long yet? Uh, I'm still waiting. I look forward to my Christmas presents that you're bringing, uh, you're bringing up to me. Yes, um, I will be. I will be. <laughs> <laughs> but no, mate, it's, uh, it's been good. It's boiling. It's boiling up here. And um, the A-League is just about to get into its incredibly busy season. Um, it is. You know, it seems like we've got a game every day at the moment. It's hard to, hard to keep up with the podcasting, isn't it? Essentially, yeah. So we're, the way we're the way we are going to have to preview some of the games, you know, it's almost like split rounds in a way. So yeah, um, you know, but the way we run it, but but that's okay. Well, look, mate, to to kick things off today, um, you it was based around you. You thought now is the perfect time to look at you know the team of the season so far. Yeah. So I guess you I guess you could call it the team of the twenty eighteen season, and then you look at you know obviously twenty nineteen coming in next year. Yeah. Uh, as a whole, mate. So. Uh, before yeah, before we get into our previews, we'll we'll go through each other's mate, and I'll let you. I'll pass the stand over to you, my friend, and uh, give me your team of the year so far. Yep. So my team of the year, based on um th- this A League season that started in in and around um August September, I've gone for a four two three one formation, and I think you can sense a bit of a theme when I read out a few of my players. I've got Liam Ready in goal. I've got Richie Delat down at right back. Thomas Deng mm-hmm. and Shane Lowry are my two centre backs, one right footer, one left footer. Jason Davidson, yep. he's my left back. I know he's been playing as a wing back for the glory, but I'd like to have him in at left back. O'Neill and Kilkenny. Who Sorry, who was that? Jason Davidson. Okay. O'Neill and Kilkenny at the base of my midfield. That's a tough tackling, hard running midfield. Roy Krishna off the right, a bit deeper than he usually operates for the Phoenix. Kasuki Honda in the 10, but with the ability to drop back. Chris Economides on the left, and congratulations to Chris on making it into uh, Graham Arnold's uh, Socceroos, first official Socceroos squad. And mm-hmm. we've got the ALF up front, Adam LaFondra, another great addition to this league, leading the line. Okay. Let me let, let me hear yours, Joseph, because I want to I see how similar we are. I think there's one man well, who we'll definitely both have. <laughs> yes. Um, but well, look, I, I've gone a, a 4-3-3 essentially, but like a tight-lying you know, midfield with two, so a defensive midfield and two tens, no essential wingers as such. I'll leave that for the front three. Yeah. But I've gone Loris Thomas, uh, Lawrence Thomas in goals. Right. I've gone Ryan Grant at right back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Dang, Shane Lowry and Jason Davidson. Again, similar to yourself. My midfield, I've gone uh, KSK Honda as my centre defensive midfielder. My number 10, my first of my number 10s, James Troisi. My second number 10, this is my big call, Sarpit Singh from Wellington Phoenix, the 18-year-old. Very interesting. And then and then I've gone a front three of Chris Economides on the right, Adam LaFondra up top, and Craig Goodwin on the left. Okay. So where do where do we start? Shall we um you've gone for we'll Lawrence jump back Thomas? To yours. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll go why have you gone ready over Thomas? I've gone ready over Thomas, just given the the way that um Perth Glory play, you look at their goal difference sitting at the top of the league. They've got a goal difference of plus one. Now, I think it's very evident in that we've both got Lowry and Davidson in our back line that Perth's Mm. defence is first and foremost the most important thing for them. Um, And having a goalkeeper like Liam Reddy, who has the ability to pull off those big saves when it matters, is 
probably more important to me than a goalkeeper like Lawrence Thomas, whereas because Thomas knows that he can actually let one in or, you know, he's he's not as important to the way victory play as mm-hmm. a Liam Reddy is. Liam Reddy, you know, needs to keep those clean sheets, needs to keep the score down because Perth aren't always going to score bucket loads of goals. Whereas a Melbourne victory, you know that even if Lawrence chucks one in or doesn't pull off a save, the, the boys up front are going to bail him out. Okay. Okay. Well, that's all. That's, I, I guess, yeah, I, I can understand that. I just went Lawrence, just, you know, the big games this year has been huge. And you'll oh, find he's... that in those in those big games, they haven't really conceded a whole lot of goals either. So, and I think, you know, one thing, yes, they do have a great, great defensive line, um, but he's another big reason as well. He's, yeah, some of his saves have been, you know, incredible this year. Yeah. Uh, so I went Ryan Grant at right back. Now, yeah. Hugh, you went, sorry, I've just forgotten. I went for gone. Richie DeLatte. So Ryan okay. Grant Ryan Grant was actually my second choice, given that how um, important he's been to Sydney's play style and how he's come back into the team basically from a year out in the cold and, mm-hmm. you know, he's really picked up himself. And, yeah, he is unlucky not to make my team. The reason I picked DeLatte over Ryan Grant is because City have actually been quite successful this year. And I think you can see there's a similar theme in both of our teams that we've both we've picked players that are that have been a part of successful teams. A lot of Perth, a lot of Melbourne players. Now, mm-hmm. Richie Delat basically has carried City to six of their however many points they've gotten this season. If we look back to round one in the Melbourne derby, it, it yep. Richie Delat won that game for for um for Melbourne mm-hmm. City. And then I believe it was the Central Coast game where he's he's whipped in the ball to um to secure them a point. And then mm-hmm. again in the, um, I believe it might have been the Adelaide game, he was absolutely crucial. So I, I just think Richie Delat deserved a mention. I, I believe the Melbourne City player deserved a mention in the team as well because despite all of the consternation over the way Warren Joyce has performed, they've actually, um, they're actually performing quite well this season. They're not having a, as bad a season as, pe- as people would be made out to believe. Do you agree? Yeah, there was it was well there was that rough patch, but I guess as you know, like Warren Joyce has made his decisions, and it's kind of like everyone's just kind of gotten on with it. Yeah. Uh, so, and I think that's why they, you know, we've been pretty critical of them, uh, you know, in the past few weeks. So, uh, yeah, you know, they they are they have turned a bit of a corner, um, probably at the right time now that you know heading in such a busy period. But um, yeah, but uh, look, I think that look, I think there's no uh, no arguing, you know, our two centre backs. Um, and we've gone Jason Davidson. I want to ask you quickly with Jason Davidson. He's now twenty seven. Okay, he was he was our man at left back. You know, for the twenty fourteen World Cup. Does a good season put him back in discussion for the Socceroos? Yeah, I'm I not th- saying starting, but I'm saying you know being in and amongst it again because when when he played in twenty fourteen, there was no like he was he was our man. There was, you know, and then of course he made you know he made the move to West Brom and everyone thought, oh great, you know, we've got another we're gonna have another Australian player playing week in, week out in the Premier League and from there it just kind of went backwards. My only issue with him is, um and you, you forget that he started in that um Asian Cup backline for the rem- of, course, like for, of course for the majority of, of that tournament as well. My only issue with Dave, uh, Jason Davidson is sure he's come back and we're, we're singing his praises now. Come the end of this season, is it too early for him to go back overseas? What do, what does Jason Davidson do? I mean, we yeah. know that we know that A League players can be called up for the Socceroos as is evidenced by Ryan Grant and Chris Economides, but 
I would like to see Jason Davidson actually cement himself as uh, as quality and as you know not injury prone in the A League before he makes that move over. Now he's twenty six. You said yeah. Yeah, uh, 27. 27. By the time he does that, two years in the A-League, how old is he? 29. Realistically, is he going to get a decent move? It's probably going to be somewhere to over in England. It's probably going to be a lower championship club. And by that time, I think he's just he might just be a bit too old. It's a bit of like what's happened to a player we're about, we're about to move on to, I imagine, James Troisi, where yes. I think Davidson has just, yeah, he had his chance and he, he's had to come back and he's come back a bit too old. Okay. Really? You don't think... Oh, no, actually, sorry. I sorry. I, thought, I, I had my head mixed up then. I thought you were talking about Jason Davidson. My apologies. Uh, with Troisi, yeah, well, Troisi is... Troisi, I, you won't... I don't think you will see Well, no, I, I'm, saying, I'm saying Jason Davidson is possibly, at this moment, a bit too old as well. Would you be comfortable with him going over after one season for Perth Glory? Say they win the championship and, you know, he's played left back for the whole season there. Would you, would you say that that warrants a, a move for him to move overseas? And what level could you see him moving to? Potentially. Oh, I think I think he could move back into, you know, um, let me think. Um, yeah, back, you know, playing, you know, somewhere in the Netherlands or Belgium, you know, somewhere within that region. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, Austria, for example. Um, I Do I think that, you know, England maybe, you know, or maybe, you know, second division or third division in England, you know, but there may potentially could be a stretch, but... Uh, you know, I think that if he can, yeah, have a great season and, you know, maybe potentially get himself into a Socceroos squad or two, well then, of course, you opened up every door. So, yeah. uh, it only, it only uh, strengthens his case. But, uh, look, we will move on, mate, to our midfield. So, your midfield, you've had uh, Brandon O'Neill. So, run me through that again. So, let, let's put it as a three to match up against yours. I had O'Neill, Kilkenny and Honda. Okay, well, I have I have Honda. Yep. Okay. I think we can both Troisi. agree that he's the best player in the league and <laughs> fully deserves to be yeah. in any team of the season. Complete. Yep. One thousand percent. Yep. Uh, and then I've gone Troisi. My two tens are Troisi and of course Singh. Okay. So I now got- I can understand yours with, with Kilkenny. Obviously, Perth. You know, you you called at the start of the season that he would be immaculate for them this season. He's I just think he but, he's uh, vital to the way they and, play. Um, but yeah, I've I've gone the big one with Singh. So I had do a thought you, I had to think. Sorry. Yeah. Was I was gonna say, do you think Singh's done enough over the whole season to warrant to warrant that place? Yes, I that's what I had to think about. And uh look, you know, all those all, every single player in this squad, uh sorry, in this team that we've had, maybe Bar Honda, you know, have had, you know, a not so good day this year, okay? So, you know, they have all, not, not a bad day, but, you know, they have probably haven't played to their absolute best, okay? That's completely normal. And I had to think and I thought, well, you know, Singh may have had a bit of a you know, slow start to the season, but since, you know, round three, he's been incredible. He's been top draw for them and, you know, for, for his age as well. And, you know, he, that, that all came to fruition, uh, I thought, in that Sydney FC game, you know, where people really uh, started to see what this kid's about and I think he is the real deal and I think we'll hear a lot more about him this season and I know it's a it's a big call and it's a uh, it's a bit of a power move um, but no I, I just think that he right now um, you know when I look around you know if I was to choose you know like, like this is a team of the season right now um, looking around he's he's right up there um, amongst some of the most informed players in, th- in the A-League right now. Do you think he is Wellington's most important player, Sabri? 
Oh, geez, that's a big question. Because I, I've that's got a, a man call. in there. Uh, I've got a man in my front line, and I'll just diverge for a second. Roy Krishna. Now, the reason I've brought Krishna in, and I won't go into why I brought him in over other people, but the the pure reason I brought Krishna in is because I think that that threat that Krishna gives is something that's so important to a team like Wellington. It, that that threat in behind that pace, it's something that you know Wellington well, have why, to that's, have that's to why. occasionally soak up that pressure and. And release in that way, and I'm not saying Singh's not important, but I just think having a the the weapon of Krishna is um is really vital to their play. Well, that's that's why I think Singh's so important because I mean Wellington have had Krishna for almost what three seasons now, and they haven't gone anywhere. And now that they have another threat, okay, someone that's a bit you know they don't really know what what's coming now you know there's there's other options for Wellington going forward it's not just all through Krishna yeah they used to have Bonavazia but after he left they didn't have anyone else yeah and you know having having Singh there now a left footer as well someone who can turn and isn't afraid to run at players and you know he's got a quick turn of speed and obviously having that left foot just something different it's um it's something completely different for defenders to uh to try and work with so yeah sure. uh, yeah but as I said I think I think we're going to see a whole lot more of uh, Sarpeet Singh I think season, he I think so. he's got a lot more to come in the next year yeah he'll he'll really light up I think he's about to really explode I've got I've got Brandon O'Neill in there another player that we've mm-hmm. talked about moving away and um you know really coming to the fore purely for the fact that Josh Belante's performances at the at the start of the season were abysmal. He's really picked up now, but O'Neill himself, like Richie Delatnaway, has sort of single handedly won points for Sydney mm-hmm. FC. You look back at the derby, the um, against the Wanderers, he was absolutely crucial there in the first one, and that goal against the Central Coast Mariners, and then the other week that corner he's taken, he's just he's really grabbed Sydney FC by the bootstraps, and along with um, Adam Lafondra for a team like Sydney who should be succeeding and should be winning games. They haven't always done it as pretty as they have under Graham Arnold, but I think it's down to those two who have really showed that grit and determination to get Sydney over the line. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, no, that's – that's uh, yeah, look, I I was going to chuck O'Neill in there, but I, I just went for something different, so hence why I went yeah. uh, with Singh, but completely understand. On to our front O'Neill three. There. Our front three, I believe it's exactly the same. Uh, well, no, you've got, you, you've got Craig Goodwin. So we've got we both got a Economides and Lafondra, and yeah. you've gone with I've gone with Roy Krishna. Oh, Roy! Sorry, of course you yeah. just mentioned that. My apologies. So yeah, I mm, that's what I was kind of tentative with Goodwin because he was unreal at the start of the season. He's going to be a little bit quieter now, but um, yeah, that's why I was a bit tentative. But overall, that's why I put him in there. Yeah, for me, I think. I look at the table, I look at how the table sits and I look at points points per player or players that have earned you points throughout the season. Now, Chris Economides, it goes without saying, three, what, three or four 90th minute winners. Yeah, he's literal, literally handed Perth 12, 12 points this season. So very hard to look past him. And as vital as someone like Andy Keogh is, I think it's very hard to look, like, look past Chris Economides and obviously Graham Arnold thinks the same thing. I feel it's the same with Lafondra. Um, the fact that at the start of the season where Sydney just needed someone to bang it, bang them in, he has really stepped up to the floor. Now, uh, sorry, stepped up to the four. The reason I haven't included Craig Goodwin in my 11 is that I look at Adelaide down in six and I know he's hampered by the situation around him and I really do, Adelaide, I really do hope Adelaide go in now and go and get a striker that will help alleviate some of the pressure from Goodwin. 
But I just mm-hmm. don't think Adelaide have done enough in the league this season, sitting on 11 points, to warrant Goodwin having a place. And that's why I've opted for Krishna, who yeah. it's expected that Adelaide do well, is it not? With yeah, Wellington, can, yeah. we're not really expecting much. We've always bundled them with Central Coast. And for them to be three mm-hmm. points ahead of Adelaide in 14th, I, would, I, I think that's down to someone like a Krishna or even a Sapreet Singh and the importance into their team. So I wouldn't have felt comfortable going into this 11 without a Wellington player in my team and with having an Adelaide player in their place. Yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. Well, uh, mate, next question. Who is your head coach? I think we might have the same person, but I want to see who you've gone for. It's got to be Tony Popovich. Yeah. For, for, for what he's brought in and how he's made it work, he's done incredibly well. And... Uh, look, as much as I love Kevin Musket, Musket has transformed our team and or my team and the way they play. Something a complete divergence from what he's usually done, and he's blended a lot of a lot of personalities together. But you have to consider that he's got Kasuki Honda and Oliver Toivonen in his team, whereas Tony Popovich is doing this with players that aren't of that ilk. Am I right? Or yeah, yeah, different. It's it, it, it's different. He's building. Yeah, it's. It's quite like already, you know, that that's, you know, we, like at the start of the season, we tipped them to be good, but I don't think we tipped them to be this good this early. Just resolute and completely in his image, aren't they? They're, they're, they're a prototypical, stereotypical Tony Popovich team. There is no doubt in my mind. Oh, completely. I mean, you can see the way, the way they defend, just in their defensive setup, it's all about, you know, that that's, that's classic Popovich. That's what we saw at the Wanderers for so long. And uh, it, it's much the same here. So... Um, yeah, full marks so far to Popovich. You know, barring uh, Sydney's win over in Perth the other day, but yeah, other than that, he's been superb. So you know, you know um, what's funny? Mate, we we look back at that um, Perth Wellington game, that shock draw now, and it doesn't seem so unrealistic now, does it? That no, was sort of the the start of Wellington starting to turn things around, and you know, we we had praised Mark Rudin for for weeks before that. Exactly. Well, not, 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 I guess not even like a turning point. It was just finally where it all started to come together a bit. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, they, they, they still have much, you know, plenty of work to do, Phoenix, but they are on the right track. So um, I would have had Rudin up there as well um, if, if Perth weren't flying. Like yeah, they he's were, done but, wonders. Uh, yeah, well, mate, um, my final question before we get into the previews, which players do you feel really, really need to pick up uh, their form? Um, I've got two. Yeah, you go first then. I've had one, I've been trying to sing his praises, Adam Taggart, and I think he really needs to pick up his form and really start putting him away, not just for his sake of trying to play, you know, for the Socceroos, again, just for the sake of Raw and, uh, you know, just his career aspirations. So, and secondly, I really hope he just kind of gets it all together um, because that man is uh, Bruno Fornaroli. I know he's been spoken much spoken about, but... He needs to, I mean, at the end of the day, you're a club captain, you know, you're not an 18-year-old kid uh, with a bad attitude, and he really needs to sort that sort that all out and come to some sort of agreement with Warren Joyce and get back on the field because City are a much better side. Yeah, I actually I actually think we were a bit harsh on um, the club and Joyce at first in terms of the whole Bruno Fornaroli thing. I think he... Um he has a role to play with this as well and a bit of compromise needs to come from his way. Unfortunately, I think we've seen the last of Bruno Fornaroli. I don't think he'll be playing in Australia again, which is a massive shame because he's, you know, he's up there with your Broaches and your Onos in terms of mm. Marquees and your Berishes in terms of Marquees in the league. But, yeah, I think, I think, unfortunately, sadly, 
that's it for him. In terms of who I would like to see more for, James Troisi, in a way, I would like to see him sort of, it was very clear, I mean, with the events that happened last week that James Troisi was in incredible form, obviously playing up to being included in the Asian Cup squad, an Asian Cup that he won four years ago in January. I, I would like to see him continue this form and not just be playing for something. I think if we can level something, it's James Troisi. He's always playing for a contract or playing for the Asian Cup or playing, you know, for his spot in the finals last year. I'd like to James, see James Tracy just play, play good football. We know how good he is. Just do it week in, week out. He's got the support cast around him. And don't play for something. Just play because you want to win titles with victory. That's that's what he yeah. should be playing for. And obviously, Sapreet Singh, not necessarily has to pick up his form. I'd like to see him continue his form because he's a fantastic player. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, very true there, mate. Well, look, we will move on. So that is our team of the team of the seasons so far. Very similar there. Yes. And uh, look, mate, we move on to the round ten preview. Now we have, of course, already previewed Adelaide versus West, Adelaide versus Western Sydney Wanderers. Correct. And we will see this week that Josh Risden and Ryan Grant and Chris Economies, of course, on Thursday this Thursday will leave for the Asian Cup. Yeah. So that throws a slight spanner in the works uh, for each of those clubs. Just quickly, which which one of those uh, players leaving their club hits hits the club the, the worst? Hurts mm. the club the, the most? Risden and Grant are pretty big because neither team has a great replacement at right back. However, Chris Economides has been the most important for his team in terms of delivering them points and the way they play. However, they have a Diego Castro waiting in the wings. So it's exactly. very, very hard to say that. One club that will be missing their player for the Asian Cup is Tom Rogic. Have you been reading up on that? Oh, yes, I have seen that. They're Unreal scenes from Chris Sutton. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Stick to your, what was it? Stick to your prawns and barbecues. Yeah. And saying that it was... Uh, that it was, uh, what did he say? It was, um, it was a Mickey Mouse, second fiddle Mi football, Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse football competition. Well, a lot of a lot of people have come out and said uh, one or two things about that since. But yeah, thanks, um, Chris. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Well, look, mate. We'll move on. First game of the round. So we've gone. We've got games. Uh, you know, during you know the the, the weeks that we'll, that we'll be covering is starting this Friday night, heading through to next Wednesday, the second of January. Yep. Now, Melbourne victory at home against Wellington. Very very interesting game. Yeah, one team, um, I mean, I guess you could say it's facing a slight dip in form. I don't think Kasuki Honda is going to be back for this one. And Wellington, seriously, at the peak of their powers at the moment, should be a pretty interesting game. I'm scared from a victory point of view just to see if we can um, yeah, they're just, they're rise just... to the occasion. I, I thought that City bullied us, to be, to be honest. I thought that City were mm -hmm. way more up for it than us. And if we have that same attitude against Wellington, it could be ugly. What do you think? Yeah, I just think that Wellington, they just pose that threat, just that, that little seed in the back of the mind uh, for Kevin Musket that, you know, as they proved against Sydney, that if you if you show them, you know, you know, if you give them any sort of opening, they'll they'll take it and they're they should be really confident heading into this game. Not just because that Melbourne Victory drew or anything, is that they, you know, they they they're now in a position where they can go to places like Melbourne and think, hey, we can maybe go here and get a point, or yeah. you know, shock it, you know, shock everyone and grab all three. So that's the position that they're now in, and uh, it's just you know contrast from seasons past. So um, yeah, I, I I'm gonna go either a draw or victory by maybe one, one or two. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. Next game so would be um, Sydney versus Brisbane on Saturday. 
Yeah, I'm pretty confident for this one for Sydney. Yeah. They desperately need to get a win at Cogra. And the perfect time. Saturday, it's meant to be beautiful weather. So I, I'm tipping Sydney to get up here. And I think they might do it comfortably. Brisbane just, you know, as I said, I've been trying to hold high hopes from they're just not delivering so far. Yeah, so. it's at the point now where I'm over hoping and saying they need a response. I think I think Brisbane are done. I can't see them finishing anywhere near the top six. And yeah. si- Sydney... Um, Sydney need to start putting more convincing performances, like consecutive yeah. convincing performances under their belt, and this is the perfect opportunity. I, I think Sydney comfortable here. Exactly. exactly. Next game could be interesting. Newcastle at home to Adelaide United. Mm. Okay, so Adelaide would have only had a, what, a one, two, three-day break. We know, well, three and a half days, if you meant to count, you know, the time on the Sunday. Yeah, whereas Newcastle uh, between, last Sunday in the derby. Yeah, exactly. So that could be something to... You know, to think about. But, um, yeah, so Newcastle at home to Adelaide United. We've seen, like, you know, we, we, we didn't really hold hopes for Newcastle. You know, the last few weeks when, you know, you know teams higher up the table have gone there. But then, you know, then we've been surprised and Newcastle have come away with 2-0 wins and draws. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise me here if Newcastle do get a result here. So I'm I'm actually going to lean towards Newcastle here. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you on that. I think... They've never been. They haven't been blown away much this season. I think the next step into their, I think there must be some type of hangover or some type of rebuilding going on there because I think the next step has to be that okay, we can go to a, a team that has been fancied this season and a team that is in f- some semblance of form and actually mm. actually win and win our home games well. So yeah, I, I think they'll be buoyed by the uh, Central Coast result as well. They sent so many people down to Gosford. It was incredible. Mm. Yeah, it was unreal. No, I also tip Newcastle uh, here. Okay, Newcastle. Perfect. Next game, uh, New Year's Eve special. Central Coast Barons at home to the Perth Glory at Blue Tongue Stadium. I'm going Perthy, regardless of Economides not being there. As you said, Diego Castro, I think we'll just slide straight in. And uh, again, it's a massive credit to the form of Economides that he's keeping someone like Diego Castro on the bench Yeah. Uh, for Perth. So I, I have Perth winning quite comfortably here. I'm, I don't hold much hope for it's, the Mariners, to be honest, for the rest of the season. It's amazing how, you know when we talk about the Premier League and we say, oh, teams had a dip, and then, oh, they're, play, they're facing Burnley at home or they're <coughs> facing Fulham at home. What a great chance for them to reignite. I don't know how we get to a point in a 10-team league where, you know, playing the Mariners is essentially your, your reignition point. Because yeah. Perth, this is exactly what Perth faces at the moment. Last couple of results have been a bit shaky. What better time than to play the Mariners at the end of the year to just kickstart your 2019? And, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I can't see. They really disappoint me. I was so big on them at the start of the season and had so much yeah. hope. But, yeah, I think this is perfect for Perth. And a good 1-0 win away from home wouldn't be the worst thing for Tony Popovich and the boys. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, next game. Interesting game. I've, I guess I've almost said about every game here. Uh, it just shows how exciting the, the Hyundai A-League is at the moment. Exactly. And that is with the Western Sydney Wanderers at home to Melbourne City. Where do you see this one? Where, where, are, you, where, are, you, where are you laying with this one, Matt? Uh, I see Melbourne City as being quite a prof- professional side at the moment. They're, they're very rugged. They're very, they know what they do. They know what they do well. I think that Western Sydney side is still a bit evergreen. They're still a bit too on the young side. I'd love to see Western Sydney pull out some home performances, but I think they're still still maybe another month away from from actually getting there. 
I think Melbourne City will go away here, and I think they'll win. I think they'll win the game. What about yourself? Okay, I've gone a draw, purely purely based on that. I just don't know what, like we said, we just don't know what the Wanderers are going to give us. So, um, with that in mind, I think that if Wanderers show up against, like you said, the ruggedness of City, I think this could be a tough little draw, maybe a, a goalless draw. Yeah. So, um, and finally, Newcastle at home again to the Brisbane Roar on Wednesday. On the second of Jan, that is, they would have only had a two-day break, two and a half-day break essentially. So, this could be this could be potentially an opening for a Brisbane uh, heading. They'll be travelling up the F three from Sydney for this game, and they might hold some hopes. I know I just picked Newcastle to win, but just that that short short turnaround um, could have something. You know, could play into the hands of Brisbane potentially. Yeah, these are these are two teams that are sort of hovering in and around the same areas, but for all the wrong reasons. New, Newcastle, sort of, uh, rebuilding to what they were. They've they've always been considered as a bit of a lower lower down club, whereas Brisbane have mm-hmm. just essentially fallen off a cliff from their finals um, campaign. Yeah, I hold, the past I hold a lot more hope this season for Newcastle. Yeah, um, yeah. and. Yeah, I think for for either manager, this is a tough one. This is this is one both would be bookmarking as opposed to their um their previous fixtures. I think Ernie Merrick would be saying this is the one we have to win, and I think as opposed to the away game in Sydney, John Aloisi and Ross Aloisi would be saying, you know, if we're going to win one game out of this stretch, it's going to be it's going to be this game up in Newcastle. It is an interesting mm-hmm. one. I think you know January second, call me crazy, a couple of games in a row, this could be a goal fest. This could be an absolute goal fest. I'm expecting Taggart yeah. and Roy, Roy O'Donovan to be um, to be chomping at the bit to get here. However, yeah, I don't know if if back I'm looking at these. If Alois is to lose that game against Sydney, lose that game against Newcastle, could he be eating his panettone in the middle of January at home? Oh, do, do you not call. think they'd sack? Ah, uh, not yet. I don't know. I, I this is a very important period for John Aloisi in terms yeah. of uh, his. Uh, coaching career with the Brisbane Raw, I feel. Oh, his coaching so, car- his coaching career in general, I think, yeah. Yeah, well, we did discuss it. Yeah, well, as I said, if they, if they come away with some points here, it could be a very different story for us. Yeah, so, this is his time uh, to turn but Time around. will tell. Time will tell. Well, mate, that wraps up our show for today. Mate, as I already already wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy Boxing Day. And yes. A, oh, well, I will be seeing you for the new year. But, uh, mate, I look forward to chatting to you. Same time, same place next week, my friend. Take it easy. Ciao.